good to see all of you. It's a true blessing for me. I've been back, but it's been for funerals. And this is the first Sunday in 20 months that I've had the chance and the opportunity to stand here with you and share in the Word. During that uh, many years that I was here with you, uh, I'd like to think that when I retired, I was a better minister than I was when you hired me. Because I think when you hired me, you had, you had hired an insurance agent that had been in it 45 years, but I hope you were pleased with the transition. I know that was the best time of my life, not in 1906, but in 2006. I knew you'd remember that little uh, flip there. And I'm reminded of when, like, uh, Matthew, sitting back there where he is right now, he said, no more Wayne, no more Wayne. And I heard it all the time at the coffee shop when I'd walk in, people from Mother Table, no more Wayne. And then there was the time that I'd ask John to pray, and uh, in the evening service, Nita, you already know, I asked John to pray, and he stands up, says, shall we pray? And Nita says, no. <laughs> I mean, a resounding. Everybody else was quiet. The heads were down. But Lurleen had asked Nita a question right at that exact moment, and she said, no. And John, if you ever saw John just stop right in his track, he's looking over there. I bet that's never happened to you since either, has it, John? Are you afraid to say, let us pray? <laughs> So what a blessing it is for me to be with you this morning. It's uh, something I've been looking forward to ever since John made that phone call. I'd like to share with you um, a word, the Word of God. Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, and the 8th verse. The Lord Himself goes before you and, you, and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not do not be discouraged. This is a very trying time for each of us because there's that anxiety about the virus. And before we could work through the virus and all of this mayhem took place in places like Detroit, uh, Minneapolis, D.C., Seattle, these vandals that took over peaceful demonstrations, marches, and the vandals came in, mixed in with the rest of them, and then started vandalizing and destroying property. I can relate to those individuals, so many of them being small business owners. That's what I had when I was an insurance agent. I just had a small business, and I had overhead, had an employee. There were those kind of expenses I had. I wasn't hurting anyone. Anyone. And neither were they. They were just trying to make a, a living. It could be from a restaurant. It could be a clothing store. Not everybody is a big corporation that has mega bucks, has all of the insurance. And it destroyed their business. And maybe like me, they had been in there for 40, 45 years just struggling, trying to make it go of it with their family, with vacations, just, you know here and there a couple of little niceties in life. 
And these individuals come in and totally destroy what they had worked for for decades. I went back in uh, preparation for today and I was listening to Billy Graham. And he was in a 1958, uh, 1958 revival. And while he was there in Charlotte, North Carolina, I want you to hear what he said about that time and place. He said that, uh, he quoted J. Edgar Hoover saying, if we don't get a grip on it, crime in this country will destroy us. Also, Truman. Truman had seen a depression. He had seen World War II. He had uh, given the order to drop two atomic bombs. He had seen the Korean War by this time, 58. And he says, these may be the most perilous times in our country's history. Billy Graham said that divorce was at an all-time high in 58. Does this sound somewhat familiar? Jim used the word deja vu this morning when he came in and saw me. And of course Yogi Berra would say deja vu all over again. And doesn't it feel like it? Doesn't it feel like we're, we're repeating ourselves? And we do every 20 years or so. We go through such terrible times. And I, for one, have had a lot of anxiety over this. I've had a lot of anxiety. Matter of fact, a very good friend of mine, Richard Brown, you know him. Uh, he was uh, married with Connie. And uh, Connie was uh, such a beautiful lady. Richard is such a wonderful Christian man. And I was getting on one of my tantrum, I guess it was. I was speaking in emotions, adrenaline's rushing. And then Richard stopped me. And he said, Wayne, you're the preacher. You ought to know who has the answer. <laughs> Wake me up. See, I'd let the flesh grab hold of me. I was thinking with nothing but emotion. I'm thinking of my kids, my grandkids, great-grandkids that I've never even met. And I'm thinking they're going to destroy the greatest country that this world has ever seen. People have only dreamed about a country like we offer. When anybody and everybody has opportunities. You can look around and you can see these individuals that started literally with nothing. Truman was one. He sold clothes for a living and ends up being the President of the United States. You know, and we can go back to someone like Lincoln, but there's many of them. They didn't come from the, the blue bloods, if you would. Yes, we've had that also. Clinton. Clinton had a mother that raised him, a single mom that raised him, and he ends up in the White House. Opportunities are here in this country like nowhere else. Like nowhere else. We as Christians have a lot of responsibility. You might say that this is a time that we are tested. And when Richard said that to me, I had failed the test. We are tested. In, are we going to stand up with God and Jesus Christ and the teachings? Or are we going to just talk about it? Are we going to gather together in 
Sunday school and talk about it and walk outside and then start bashing someone or tearing them down? Are we going to exhibit the love of Jesus Christ? And it's not always easy. It is not always easy, and Jesus told His disciples that. It is not always easy. But we have the opportunity as Christians to add a new ingredient. God is, God is completed, good, love, God is love. Are we showing love to our fellow man? My daughter lives in Stephenville and they had a Black Lives Matter march and she and my oldest granddaughter marched in it. It was a peaceful demonstration, saying that we want rights for everyone. I don't want anyone to treat me any differently than they would somebody that owns half the town. I want to have the same rights and privileges. And that's what they were saying, peacefully, honor all mankind. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for all of us, each and every one of us. There's nothing in there that mentions race. There's nothing that mentions it. God created heaven and earth and He created man and woman. You see anything in there about race, color, creed? God loves us all. And it is not easy. Not easy. I know there's been a lot of times in my life that I haven't been easy to love. God has troubles with us being obedient, with us loving as He's asked us to love. In the book of Psalms, the, um, this, these are descriptions of Christ, references to the Messiah. The Messiah will be God's Son. He will rise from the dead. He will experience agony. Agony. Anybody got any more water? He will experience agony on the cross. He will thirst while on the cross. Evil men will cast lots for His clothes. Jesus Christ was foretold hundreds of years throughout the Old Testament, thousands of years before he was born in that stable. David foretold it in the book of Psalms, but even before that. They talk about the Messiah. What we have is not an, uh, not, uh, is not an accident. What we have, God knew about it from the very beginning. God knew that I'd be standing here this day, this time, this very day, visiting with you about our Lord and Savior. Nothing is such a surprise. I'd sure like to know how this story uh, ends up with all of the vandalism, rioting, destruction. I'd like to know. I'd like to know what's going to happen with this virus. And will it be the last one or will there be another one on the heels of it? I'd like to know. But like you, I'm going to have to live it out. And then I will find out along with you. But I have responsibilities and you have responsibility now 
to witness for Jesus Christ. If you see a civil injustice, we need, you and me, we need to step up. We need to say, hey, that's not right. We need to talk about the love of Jesus Christ and how He loves us in spite of our warts, in spite of all the mistakes we make, in spite of the way we treat other people, that He still loves us. He loved us so much, you and I know that He's died for us. Died for each and every one of us. Jesus said in the book of Mark, the, tw- the 7th chapter, the 20th verse, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that, will, that evil will come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within. And Billy Graham was saying that the the problem today in 1958, but it is today, the problem with, with our world and society is sin. At the root of it all is sin. Sin is uh, very prevalent. When somebody is breaking a window and stealing somebody's possessions, when somebody is kicking somebody else in the face in the middle of a street, when they're burning cars and courthouses, you can see the sins that are exhibited. But please remember, Your sin and my sin are just as great. If we're calling them some vile name, that disappoints God in us. If we enter into the conversation in a very, very racial tense, that's not pleasing to God. And I do not feel like the people in Washington, D.C. are doing anything but hurting the situation. There is so much hate in Washington, D.C., one party with another, I don't think two of them can sit down and just have a discussion. It's terrible. And yet they're supposed to represent these people of the United States. Represent us. They're supposed to be trying to do what is well for us, but they seem to be with tunnel vision. What is good for me? What is good for me? I can worry about my constituents later on, but what's good for me? No, I'm not going to say anything good about this other guy because he's of another party. I'm not going to have lunch with him and his family because somebody might actually think I like someone of another party. So the fire just festers there. What we see with these riots is just display of what is taking place in Washington. Verbally in Washington, but on the streets of America with, with violence. So I, I contribute a great deal of that to those individuals as well. Their responsibility, they are not living up to the responsibility and the request that we have made of them when we hired them. Yes, we hired them. In Romans, the 8th chapter, the 28th verse, and we know that in all things, 
all things. Please listen to this. I struggled with this verse for years and years, and I've shared that struggle with you before. And we know that in all things, God works for good of those who love Him. The Scripture does not say all things are good. Please hear me. It does not say all things are good. But He works for good in all things. And you can look back, it might be a month later, six months later, I was talking with a lady last night and saying, you know, something good's going to come out of your illness. Something good. And it may be that they can give a testimony to someone else. Maybe they can give encouraging words to someone else. But something good is going to come out of all situations. God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? You know, when you're in bed and you're sick for months, and maybe even years, it's hard to have that positive that God is going to reward me. As long as you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the ultimate reward is when we go to His kingdom. Know that. That you are saved. Too many times Christians tell me, I hope I go to heaven. No, don't say that. You've already declared Him as your Lord and Savior. There is an eternity in paradise for you. Don't let your mistakes cloud your thinking about yourself. And that's easier said than done. I do it. I beat myself up all the time and I'm told by others I'm my worst critic. I understand that. I get disappointed in things I say and do. But there is a reward. God has already wiped that slate clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. See, He took His perfect life and the blood of Christ washed you and me sinners. It washed those sins away. He died as a sinner for you and me. But that blood washed us clean. It was not a surprise to our Lord that Jesus Christ would arise from the tomb. It's even spoken of in the Old Testament. It is foretold He will not stay in the tomb. He will overcome. You and I have to be overcomers. We have to be. If this world is to be a better place, Christians have got to stand up and listen to His teachings and do our best to follow the footprints. You remember the poem about the footprints in the sand? And the man asked, Lord, where were you? These were my toughest times. Why weren't you with me? There's only one set of footprints. And the Lord says, those are mine. During those times, I was carrying you. Is God carrying you now? Is He? 
I'm sure each person here today has challenges. I'm sure of it. Some form or fashion. It might be one of the most turbulent times in your life. Or it may be just kind of a ripple. My life right now is really good. So mine would be one of those with a ripple. But I've seen the other side. And I'm sure I'll see them again. But the constant is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. The one we proclaimed as our Savior when we stepped into that baptistry. And we declared Him, yes, I believe He is my Lord and He is my Savior. We believe it. We know it. We know He died for us. And yes, there is a place for you in heaven. So do not surrender. Do not just slam yourself to, uh, to pieces because of your disappointments in yourself. God already knew you'd make those mistakes. When I visit with individuals that are in jail, God knew they were going to go to jail first, long before. And they've got to believe God is not through with me. God is not through with you. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. This time I get to visit with my family. Individuals that took a chance on Wayne Hollinshed many years ago. People that I love and I feel their love. We all know your love, Lord, and we feel your love. We know without you, we are nothing. Without you, there are not good marriages. There's not good churches. There's not good relationships without you, Lord. May this country we love turn more to you. More to you instead of turning to violence. Turn to Jesus Christ who is peace and who is love. Be with each one of us this day and the days to come that we might be a light for someone else, that the light of Jesus Christ will shine brightly in us. For we pray this in your name. Amen.